Why isn't the delete button working? What's going uh, on here? Wow, this, this is cool. This is supposed to work. Completely. Wow, this is crazy. Oh, uh, nice. Who this is something gives a shit? Sure. This is oh, unbelievable. I see. You I know see. what? Block Fim. Hey, how's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Buck Fim, the AEC channel that talks about everything architecture, engineering, construction. Well, today we have another great guest on the line. We have Juice Fanu coming in from Bibliotech Inc. And we are going to be chatting about everything related to specifications today, which is a topic that needs to be covered quite more frequently. Thank you very much, Juice, for joining on the line. Uh, hi, Dennis. How are you? Thanks for having me. No, anytime. This is a long time coming. And I am loving the avatar that you have going on the screen here. It's, how, where did you get this? How did this come to be? <laughs> Thank you very much. Well, I, I figured that, I mean, it's kind of like, a, yeah, as you mentioned, an avatar or an alter ego. And I find that sometimes people listen to me more when it's, or listen to what I have to say when it's not me talking. So <laughs> hopefully I can share some things here that would be taken better than like if people were seeing my face. But well, this works better than I do, so. Ah, uh, debatable, debatable. It looks great. I'm, uh, I'm happy to see it. And um, yeah, so just tell me, tell me about yourself. Uh, how did you get into the uh, specifications world? And you know, how did you get up to where you are today? Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, I can give you the long version or the short version. Um, but basically, my background is um, architecture and engineering. Mm -hmm. um, I went to Sheridan College studying architectural technology, actually. And um, it was at um, I uh, after Sheridan during my co-op, I um, I got a an offer I guess to go work at uh, in the specifications department at uh, Adamson Associates. Mm -hmm. um, it was interesting. It's an interesting story because um, you know being like a young student and you know foolish and just trying to get like just any job i just kind of like applied to any job that came my way yeah and uh at the interview i actually had forgotten what i had applied for so they told me like hey why do you want to be in specs and i was like uh that's what i applied for <laughs> sure i love specs um but um it was uh, it was a match made in heaven because you know they like me and i like them and I owe a lot to that firm and to my mentors over there. Shout out to <laughs> Matt Roberts and Teresa Barrett, if they're listening. Um, and after that, uh, I just started um, basically writing specifications full time, uh, working with uh, Parkin Architects. Mm -hmm. And uh, I decided to further my education. I uh, went and got a degree at McMaster in uh, engineering because I just wanted to know more about specifications. And uh, yeah, the rest is history. That's amazing. Yeah, it's a definitely a, a, a different world. You know, it's gotten this conversation a, a while back about, about specifications and how, you know, specifications is a big ticket item, but it's right. very lightly touched on in secondary education. And what I mean by that is like, I know, and that's a very unfortunate thing. Like, I remember when I was in school, it was the uh, in our third year when all of our major projects were coming out, they just... Right slipped in a uh, specifications class in there, which was at uh, 15 to 30 hours of, of work. But right. when I look back on this, I mean, like, what are your thoughts on this? How, I mean, how should we be incorporating specifications into a, into a schooling system? 
Yeah, and I mean, like, it's it's actually, I mean, it's funny that you mentioned this because I, um, you know, fate will have it that I actually teach the specifications course now at Sheridan College. Mm-hmm. And, um, I mean, what I find is that it's, uh, attitudes about specifications have to change. And I think that a lot of times people are afraid of specifications, and that <laughs> includes the instructors, right? So, I mean, you have yeah. a lot of instructors who are not, themselves specifications writers yeah. who have only touched on specifications like you know very lightly or maybe yep. they're teaching you about specifications and the last time they heard about specs was you know when they were in school themselves right <laughs> so i think that like the first step goes into like getting experienced people or people that work with specifications to teach mm-hmm. the courses um csc um construction specifications canada like has great courses that you know you can take if you want you know to pursue that career the only issue is that you have to find um you have to get students to be interested and that's not easy and sometimes you know there is a disservice that even comes from like your teachers it's like okay take this course here and you probably never touch specifications again but like you know it's kind of like a necessary evil you know yeah um and I, i think that yeah those attitudes really have to change i mean i try my best to make the course interesting for the students Mm -hmm. Um, but you know with you know education and everything being so administrative like it's hard to you know really make um you know too much like drastic change because you know they're like oh well you know this is the syllabus and you know like we can't really change this or we can't really change that this is what the ministry approved and what have you i'm like Mm -hmm. oh the ministry approved it bad like let's start over right yeah (laughs) you know um, but yeah, no, it's it's not easy. Like, I mean, I have ideas about like, you know, what the ideal specifications course would be. Um, but mm-hmm. obviously, like, you know, you also need time to implement your ideas. For but sure. Yeah, no, I think that, yeah, no, um, teaching more and letting people know more about specifications is, um, is crucial. Mm-hmm, definitely. I mean, like even taking a um, an ent- entry level spec binder into a class, like if you're doing a high-rise building let's say and as a uh, final project for your school and uh and taking what you learn from specs to have to generate at least some of the content for that final project to see how it applies in the real world and right. something like that but i mean yeah we'll see we'll see yeah. so i mean specs have historically and you know even to this day been a fairly manual process for a lot of firms i mean right. It's pretty heavy, I can imagine. What does that uh, What does that manual process look like currently? And do you think it adapts well to change? Or um, I mean, so I mean, I'm going to um, let you in on a little secret. Um, <laughs> I hate the manual process. Oh yeah. And I try as much as possible to leverage technology to get out of the manual process, right? Because mm-hmm. when I started, like you know working with specs it was like okay this is a great career but um i don't want to be changing like headers and footers on 500 files like that's <laughs> that's not what i want to do right like i want to know more about materials i want to know more about these things um but i i don't i just don't want to be doing this this is too boring like i'm going to shoot myself yeah and there's um uh, there there is a, a perception out there that you know all specifications writers do is, you know, just formatting documents and all that kind of stuff. But I think that if you are, if you're smart about it and, you know, you work, you know, smart and not hard, 
um, like computers have gotten really great and really powerful at doing repetitive tasks. Um, mm -hmm. So one of the first things that I did in my career was like, you know, learn, you know, Microsoft scripting language as a yeah. basic for applications. And I started writing macros, right? So I was like, okay, I need a macro that will change headers on a hundred files because that also come, that always comes at the last minute. And then they're like, oh, we're not issuing for tender. We're issuing for bid. So <laughs> yeah. like, okay, go ahead and change all those headers. I'm like, okay, okay, no problem. Uh, I will tell you, I will need like, you know, so many hours to do it, but uh, I'm going to do it in five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but in, in, in any case, um, at the end of the day, um, I think that, you know, they're like, specifications are going to move from, you know, just kind of like these repeated manual processes to more, um, you know, more knowledge based and more data driven. Um, yep. at the end of the day. And that's what I'm trying to explore too with, uh, with Bibliotech. Yeah. I saw you, um, on LinkedIn the other day doing some homework on machine learning there. Yeah. yeah, was, yeah so that's, uh, some pretty, some pretty heavy, uh, detail work. That's kind of fun. Yeah. Yeah. I try. And I think that, I mean, like, I think that computers are our friends and I think that, I mean, you would know this, uh, more than anybody, like as a, as a BIM professional. Um, mm -hmm. I think that like there's there's a lot that computers can do for us, um, but many people are afraid that like you know technology is going to replace them or replace their jobs or yeah. uh, they're not be ready. And you know it's not like you know when we invented the bicycle we stopped wa walking right or when we invented the car like you know bikes went away. Uh, but I think that you know we should really like be smart about how we implement technology in our work. And whether we like it or not, like, you know, it's, it's like, you know, the, the train is moving. We just have to catch up. It's true. It's true. I mean, so the biggest thing is like standardization right, right now we're in this weird transitionary stage where a lot of the data management and, you know, information management that's coming through is, is, is struggling a bit with a consolidation of standards. So, I mean, with that being said, uh, specifications has, they have their own globalized standards that uh, appear in data management. Are you seeing it starting to have a more unified approach as years go by? Um, I mean, like I haven't been as involved with, um, you know, with the bridge between um, specifications and like, you know, their, um, I guess, their uh, insertion into build, building um, information modeling. And I want to be. Mm -hmm. uh, because I find that like, you know, really like, you know, specifications ultimately will become the information in building information modeling, right? Because, you know, if you want to extract good value from your model or you're going to, you know, use it for, um, I don't know, energy analysis and all that kind of stuff, like you have to specify all those materials or else, you know, the results are going to be garbage. Yeah. Um, so I think that, uh, like they, they, there's like, there are standards out there. Like I haven't researched them as much as I need to. Mm -hmm. um, but the problem that I find is that really in construction, what happens is that we create a lot of data waste. Um, you know, when I write, and especially with specifications, you know, when I write a, like, you know, a binder or a project manual full of specs for one project. Mm -hmm. Um, that data is static, right? Like, you know, I, I send it to the printers, the printers print me four volumes. I have like four volumes sitting on my, on my computer. 
But anybody yep. that wants to query that information, like the best thing they have is control F, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> um, and, and that's very static data and it's very unfortunate, right? So, I mean, like a task that I've been doing over the last couple of years and like, you know, that started way back when um, mm -hmm. I was working um, with WZMH actually um, yep. was basically create a structure for that data. Um, and it's, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's a crazy task because I'm basically extracting all that static data mm -hmm. from these documents, you know, like product names, product numbers, manufacturer numbers, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, but what that, uh, what that creates is that if you put it in a database and then you can, um, and you structure that database properly, then you can reuse that data quite efficiently. Right? Oh yeah. So like, you know, once you create the project manual, like you don't have to throw it away. Like you can actually say, cause you know, how many times do we say, Hey, what did we use on that project? Nobody knows. Oh, the shop drawings are filed in this folder. Um, you know, the approval is filed in this folder. The change order is filed in that folder. And there is no real continuation of, you know, from specification to delivery to the client, you know, what happened to that material. So that's where I'm trying to get my specifications to be. And, you know, those are the thoughts that I have and, you know, where I ultimately want to take, uh, take bibliotech. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, those no. Big dreams, I guess. No, those are, those are accurate dreams. I mean, we're, we're seeing a lot of that happening right now. We're, like, even if you look online with Google and their autofill, like, that's, right. it, it's using historical data to program predictable responses. So you can be able to do that for specifications. That's a, that's a win. I mean, I mean, technology is obviously advancing pretty quickly. Um, you know, ha you touched on it briefly, but ha has it really affected your workflow in such a, a big way? I mean, how has that role played out for you? Yeah, uh, I think that, I mean, like I've always been like a huge embracer of technology and maybe it's because I'm lazy, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but like, you know, it's just that I, I, whenever I have a task, I always think to myself, well, could a computer do it better? Or could a computer do it faster? Yep. Um, because that's the only way that you can actually scale. And when you also think about the amount of work that we're expected to do in an eight hour or, you know, these days is more like 10 hours because you never really stop working. Uh, yeah. You wake up, you check your phone, and then you go to bed, you check your phone, and half the time <laughs> you're answering work emails. Um, so, you know, it's, you know, that, that amount of work is not going to stop. And, you know, when you're... Uh, a consultant like me or you know you are or you have your own practice you know it's usually a good thing uh, but if you can't meet your clients demands you know they're just going to go somewhere else That's so true. um I, uh, like so technology has always been like a big thing for me and i've always you know um made technology like one of the core things of my practice uh, so there are like really cool specification writing tools or i guess specification writing helps Mm -hmm. out there if you will um you know so i've kind of like researched a couple there's um visit specs there's yep. specs um there, there are a bunch of them out there um but i think that one thing that they're all missing is kind of like getting that data um into the spec so it's true. At, at, at most they become like you know glorified word processors right so they are just you know hey you know we have this really cool tool where you know you don't have to like do your headers and your footers right so like that's i mean like that's really a macro right like all oh, yeah. this really cool tool that will help you do a table of contents um but like you know i haven't really seen them push it to 
hey, you know, on this project, here is your curtain wall. And, you know, we're going to tie that right back to the manufacturer's shop drawings. And, you know, that can be integrated into the BIM model. Like, that's really where specification should be going. And For sure. it's kind of sad that they're not there yet. Um, and I kind of, like, partly blame Autodesk. Yeah, we love pointing the finger at the big A. So uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm sure they'll get there eventually. Uh, they they got some patchwork to do on their current products at the moment, but uh, we'll we'll see. But yeah, I would say um, you know companies are really still doing a lot of manual work. They're um, uh, what can a company do to make themselves more flexible with specs? I mean, it seems products are almost changing too rapidly to be having to alter full binder changes. I mean, I, we, we looked at business specs at, uh, at WZMH here. We've done a te few test runs. Yeah, it helps in small areas, but like, should we be, should we be hiring a programmer in, for things like this? Or you can hire me. Yeah, <laughs> there we go. So yeah. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that, um, I think that there, I think that you have to, uh, decide what you want out of specifications because they're mm -hmm. very important documents, right? So they are, I mean, they're the written, you know, almost a written companion to the drawings. Yep. And, um, you know, ultimately, if there's a dispute, you know, we're going to go back to the specs and then we're going to say, okay, well, what do the specs say? And mm -hmm. in most contracts, um, like, you know, most uh, construction contracts, there is an order of hierarchy where the specs kind of like trump the drawings, if you will. Um, yep. So that makes them very, very um, important. So like, oh, yeah. they shouldn't be taken lightly. Um, so I think that like, you know, yeah, first of all, is like, you know, getting somebody that knows what they're doing. And I think that there has to be almost like a decoupling that happens between yep. the person that has the knowledge of the product. And usually that's, you know, most of the time, like an older, less technologically savvy person mm -hmm. who's done this stuff for years, who knows all the ceilings, who knows all the curtain wall, you know, they've had enough building failures to know what materials to use and what materials not to use. Um, and then, you know, bring in like a more, you know, like a younger, uh, more maybe programming oriented person to be able to leverage that knowledge and create tools to make the process faster. Oh, for uh, sure. As I've said, like, you know, there are some tools out there, like, you know, if you're a company right now and, you know, a lot of the stuff that I'm talking about here is, you know, is theoretical and, you know, maybe we're like, you know, five, 10 years away from, you know, that being a reality and I'm, you know, trying things myself. Um, but, you know, what you could do practically here, I mean, start investigating spec writing software. Right, like Microsoft yeah. uh, Word will only go get you so far. So true. Um, so you know, like one software that I swear by, I've you know, I've tried it, and this is not a plug or anything like that. They're not paying <laughs> me to say this, but you know, they have good quality. It's Visispacks, yep. and I've used Visispacks, and I continue to use it. Like it's it's amazing. Like it's really um, helped me out mm -hmm. um, because they have like keynoting tools, and then they have integration with Revit. So they really know, like, I think that they really studied the spec writer's workflow and tried to develop a software around that. Um, yeah, it has been great. <laughs> yeah, and there's another one called um, the NDS, um, which you can also check out. So, you know, those, yeah. those, those are my, my, my suggestions. 
Yeah, no, that's great. And, you know, you had mentioned you're playing around with a few things on your own. Uh, what, what do you got going on over there at uh, Bibliotech? <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, like, we have, yeah, we have a few things uh, going on. I mean, like, there's Bibliotech, which is kind of like, um, like, really, I mean, like, it started off as a, you know, as a library that I had for myself, and it was basically my go-to source for, hey, you know, I have a problem with this uh uh, with this product or with this, uh, you know, I have a question about a certain product. Like I just kind of like, you know, I just call the rep or call the manufacturer. And mm -hmm. a lot of times knowing the right person to call for something is, uh, can be hard because you're kind of like calling like a bunch of different 1-800 numbers and, you know, mm -hmm. they're not always responsive. So I, I needed my own library. So that's why I created Bibliotech. Um, so since then, um, like, you know, COVID hit. Um, and then I was like, hey, listen, a lot of people must be in the same situation. Um, at least, you know, like the spec writers and, um, you know, potentially like, you know, some of the smaller architects. So I said, hey, you know what, like as a, you know, as my own way of like helping with the pandemic, um, why don't I just release this? Um, so yeah, why not? So I had to like um, find a way to like, you know, secure the data, put it on like an easy to use platform and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, that was what Bibliotech was about. Uh, but since then, you know, we've taken the same model and we've created Bibliotech Academy. That's cool. Which is essentially like, uh, hey, you know, the pandemic happened, all the learning went online, right? So, you know, you don't have live events anymore, but there's like a million webinars happening and it's almost like a flood and you get them in your email, you get them through this newsletter, you get them on LinkedIn. I was mm -hmm. like, hey, can I put that all in one location and, you know, have people access it and then just kind of like browse through, like, you know, using the master format editions yeah. and learn more about, you know, what they actually want to learn about. So, yeah, so that was, that's Bibliotech Academy. Um, and, you know, we're also kind of like working with, like, I mean, you've mentioned the machine learning tool. So yeah. I'm kind of like training a model right now where, you know, it can help me classify the topics for the, um, uh, the, the presentation. So that's going to take some of the manual labor out of it. So as I've said, like I always try to leverage technology and see how I can use it. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, so, you know, we're also thinking of like, you know, doing kind of like a bibliotech for uh, like for firms. So like if WZMH wanted its own, you know, bibliotech like specific to WZMH, we yeah. can kind of like have create a custom solution. So yeah, yeah, so we're we're busy. Yeah, I mean, I, I, you're a lot like me. I'm a, I, I like to call it efficiently lazy, because uh, I like I like to be uh, you know to to plan out plan out my laziness very well, and it's and that I, that involves a lot of programming. That's why I got into it to begin with to reduce all the mundane tasks that I dislike, um, and you know it it helps out so much, so much. It's uh, it's great to see it happening in the specs world. It's uh, especially something that should be brought out more into the limelight. I can't count the number of times that I have seen a, a company go and spray a fireproofing spray onto the underside of a ceiling only for an inspector to come through and say, doesn't quite meet the uh, smoke requirements. Um, right. And yeah, so like things like that. And, you know, we need to be more smart about it to give us more time to review versus more all the time we spend creating so yeah no awesome 
Well, just thank you very much for joining on the line. Um, I'm sure we're going to have some more great conversations about this stuff in the future. Is there anything else you wanted to bring to uh, bring to our Buckfin listeners and something that you're working on, the future of Bibliotech? Uh, yeah, well, first of all, if you don't have a Bibliotech account, go sign up. Uh, it's www.bibliotech.ca. Mm -hmm. uh, and if you are looking for great, um, you know, continuing education presentations, uh, you know, you can go to academy.bibliotech.ca. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, so, um, you know, we will, we're growing our user base and uh, we're growing our, um, our mailing list. So one thing that we do is that if you sign up for the newsletter, we email you once a month, like a curated list of events happening in the industry. So, you know, we have like a well-rounded list so that you can have things that we cater to. Uh, mm -hmm. or that that cater to you if you will um so yeah um i would just say yeah just just go sign up for bibliotech and uh, you won't regret it oh man i'm definitely signing up i love academies okay. <laughs> <laughs> well you know thank you very much for joining on juice this has been fantastic and thank you to all the uh, buck film listeners that are on board that have been watching today well, that's it for us, but uh, thanks again. Make sure to tune in next week as we get some more crazy guests on the line. It's just getting bigger and bigger and bigger as we go, and you'll find that, uh, you know, this, this channel's going to explode. I mean, <laughs> we'll see. But anyway. Thank you very much for having me, Kenny. Hey, anytime. You know what? Thank you, fans. Keep on bimming. Take care, everyone.